the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 83 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Today is our recap of the recently completed eVocation conference. It's the online virtual version of the Vocation conference run by Jamie Muffet and Karen Guilfrey. We were proud to be official podcast partners again, as well as me being on a panel as a speaker. And we'll talk about our experiences. Yeah, I really enjoyed it this year. It was great. But before we get to our recap, we have our... Questionable Gear Purchase. So, Sean, I understand you've been busy at the uh, the retailers and uh, buying some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I talked about what my plans a few episodes ago, but basically, this is what happens when I, when I do not satisfy my questionable gear purchases in a timely fashion. I spend hundreds of dollars on microphones I don't really need. So I was I was curious. I finally tried out the Neumann TLM 102, which I found for a great price uh, on eBay, and then um, the Rode NTG5. The main reason I wanted to try these is because, um, so for for those of you who don't know, the main mics I use are the Gefell M930 and the uh, the Sennheiser 416, and I love these mics. But since I work for GVAA and I work with newer talent a lot. I'm always trying to try out more affordable gear to recommend. So I was like, well, these are kind of touted as like the more mid-tier or more affordable versions of these mics. Because if you look at the uh, the Gefell and the Neumann TLM-102, they have a very similar size and profile and design language going on. Because for those who don't know, Gefell and Neumann used to be sister companies before the Berlin Wall went up and they got separated. Remember, um, on this very show, we had a mic that somebody thought was a... 103, uh, 102, but ended up being a 103. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> that was a happy accident. So we actually got to try the 103, but like I had always wanted to try the one. I don't know, maybe it's from living in Japan, but I like tiny tech. Like, I don't know. But anyways, so I did a number of tests. I had a number of our audio friends listen to this, like a huge shout out to Jim Edgar and um, Emmett Andrews and Jordan Reynolds for taking time to listen to my sound files. And um, long story short, they're both great sounding mics. They're both great for their price range. I will say the 102... I do think it's a little overpriced. Let me, let me, like, because I got mine for like 450. These can go for like 700 new, and that's without a shock mount. So, this, for a mic this sensitive, and one that is particularly sensitive to bass rumble and stuff like that, it really should have a shock mount. Um, I'm really surprised and disappointed it doesn't. And for that price, for like the seven to $800 mark, one, you could probably find a new 416 from like B&H Photo or uh, Broadcast Supply Worldwide, all that stuff. 
uh, during that the the regular discount that they do, you can usually find them for eight hundred dollars. And you're looking at great new competitors like the Austrian Audio OC18 or um, I think it's the Lewitt 550 uh, as well, which is an extremely quiet mic. So, so you're or even from their own stable great... uh, sister companies, the MK4, the MK8. Exactly, exactly, and and that's just uh, we're just staying in like that mid tier, that upper mid tier price range of like seven and eight hundred dollars. You can get equally competitive mics for half of that, right? Like we have said many, many times that if you're spending between two and three hundred dollars on a mic, you probably don't need to upgrade unless you're trying to like satisfy your gear lust, like us. I will say the NTG five is really great, especially if you want. Um, it has a different sound than the 416, though. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's the, the 416 killer. It's a little bit warmer. Um, it picks up a lot more bass than the 416 does, and that makes it a little less clear. But if you're a higher voice male or a female talent, it might be perfect for you. And it comes with a shock mount, for one thing, and, and a whole like video field recording kit. So if you're doing videography work in addition to your VO stuff, it's kind of a no-brainer. But also, the mic itself is just incredibly small and lightweight. It's just a marvel of engineering. So I'm going to do a few more tests with this. I want to get like um, some local talent on this and uh, a female voice if I can. I'm going to get the fiancé involved with this one. Mm. And then uh, probably um, keep two out of the four, if not maybe three, as a backup. But yeah, so it's been fun. It's been fun playing with mics again. <laughs> So it sounds like the NTG5 is very much in the lineage of the NTG3, because I had one of those way back when, and that was my first response to that warmer, bassier, not not that much like the 416 at all, in my opinion. Yeah, it's kind of, because um, uh, like I help Jordan Reynolds with these um, monthly Q&As that he does for his Audio Ninja Masterclass, and we use that as an opportunity to do a shootout with those four mics, and a lot of... The, the three of them, the the 416, the Gefell, and the Neumann, all sounded surprisingly similar. Like, if I wanted to, that Neumann would probably be a good backup LDC for, for the Gefell. But then the NTG5 was the only one that sounded drastically different, mm. right? It, like, it, um, like we said, warmer. Um, Jordan said it sounded very muddied to him. He said he wouldn't use it without cutting out a lot or EQing out a lot of that bass stuff. So that's not how I roll. I want to do it dry so i'm like eh, you might not <laughs> might be going back on the market for that one yeah. but um but other than but a lot of the participants were kind of drawn to it because it sounded so different you know and it had that warmth and he's like yeah what we might call warmth could also be a lack of clarity right it's just a matter of training your ear so right. um so it was fun it was a it was a fun little exercise and i'll probably be posting my final results either on the podcast as a mini sode or on my youtube channel so stay tuned for that awesome can't wait to to hear some samples so for my end of things, I got to try out another piece of equipment courtesy of Presonus. They sent me two pieces of equipment. One was the dynamic microphone I reviewed on the last episode, and they also sent me the Revelator IO24 audio interface. Now, it's a USB interface, connects with USB-C. It's two in, four out, combo inputs with XLR and, um, uh, what's the other one? Quarter inch, yeah, quarter inch light inputs. <laughs> Uh, it has MIDI in and out, onboard DSP, and what really piqued my interest was the two loopback channels. So it has the ability, like a lot of 
interfaces that are coming out now to record and capture and play back, which is the big thing I needed, uh, audio from a number of sources, including a computer. So I tried it out for a couple of weeks. I did not use it for the podcast because we were doing all the evocation stuff, and I was kind of, I didn't want to use new equipment that I didn't really know yet in case something went wrong while we were interviewing some of our high-profile guests. Mm -hmm. But I did do some auditions with it, played around with it, and I liked it a lot. It has this software control called uh, Universal Control, which is a, a GUI, graphical user interface-based uh, mixer and routing software that you can control on the computer, in addition to a lot of the things duplicated on the unit itself. But this is one of the, the, the items I really liked, is I could control the unit, which usually sits outside my, my booth. In fact, always sits outside my booth, except for the first couple of years I was doing voiceover. So I keep my interface out there because I, I do much more fiddling with levels and balancing things while I'm sitting and editing and mixing things. But occasionally I need to control it from the booth. So that was really helpful for me because I could adjust any gain level on either of the two mic inputs. Also, I want to note that it has independent 48 volt power on, on the, the mic inputs, which is really helpful. A lot of interfaces that have two inputs have all or none for the 48 volt phantom power. And that Especially can be, for the sub-200 stuff, yeah. Yeah, and that can be a problem if you're using different types of mics. So condensers need phantom power, dynamics don't. If you're using a ribbon mic, you can actually damage it with phantom power. So the ability to independently control the 48-volt phantom power is really helpful. And then it has uh, on these onboard DSP effects, like I mentioned. It has a gate, a compressor, an equalizer, and a limiter that you can all apply virtually and on the fly. And then also has the ability to save those settings and recall them on a moment's notice, similar to what you might uh, be familiar with with the Apollo series, where you can create a whole session, save separate headphone mixes, separate routing for signals. In our case, we I use one setting for the podcast, where I have you coming in and recording, or a guest coming in and recording, and then also routing it through the uh, Twisted Wave, my DAW, or Digital Audio Workstation. So I can save that, and then I usually record on uh, a different mic when I'm doing live directing for audiobooks. That's, I, I sit out the uh, the editing station and record on the mic there. So I could set a whole different session for that using the dynamic mic that sits at my desk. So just with one button, I can recall that session and be able to completely change the routing through the, the interface. And all in all, I was really impressed. I did end up sending it back because... It just out of, I didn't really need it, honestly. If if I wanted it, I had to, I had to buy it. And it's not something I, that really is a game changer in, in my workflow. I did like it, but I can also do most of what I need to by just getting off my lazy butt and going out and doing it on the, on the interface I have now. The one sort of niggle I did have with it is that it has this control ring that uh, a volume dial and gain dial that can be changed, that, that, that does a lot of the functions of the interface. If you press it once, it's the gain for the mic input one, you press it again, then it's the headphone volume. So it's kind of like the the Apollo with a big dial or the RME Babyface with the big dial or the Apollo, uh, sorry, the Apogee Duet, one big dial for all the controls. And it has this really bright blue ring light to tell you whether it's on or not. It's kind of the power indicator, but it does not have a power on or off button for the whole interface. So I usually leave my interface on and not a problem normally, except that the, the my whole studio is in my bedroom now, which I think I've mentioned on the podcast. So normally I just lay down and leave the, the computer on, the interface on. 
but this big blue light was staring me in the face like uh, Hal from, <laughs> from 2001 A Space Odyssey and lit up the whole freaking room. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's in I here, too. I think you forgot to do pickups, Paul. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I would wake up and it, I would feel like it was searing into my brain. And as far as I can tell, there's no way to turn that off. So, um, mm. Personas, if you're listening, I'd love... I think it probably could be fixed with a firmware update. I'd love an option to that, turn off that blue that. light. Yeah. So if you're not going to have a power switch, fine, I can deal with that. But the, the blue light was, was killing me. Interesting. And does it have, because I know similar interfaces sometimes when you change the function, like the, the color of the LED will change. Does it have anything like that? Uh, no, I think it's always blue. It's basically just to tell you that the thing is on and functioning. Yeah, that. Ah, what a wasted opportunity. Um, like it'd be really helpful if you if it changed colors for when it was recording versus when it was your headphone monitoring or something like that. Yeah, that's but, true. Anyways. But they do have the Other ability to update it. They've, they've made some pretty drastic changes to the firmware over the, the course of the couple of months it's been released. So please, Personas, turn off that light. No, I know. <laughs> but thank you so much for sending it to me. Uh, I really enjoyed getting to know the interface, and um, it could be really helpful for people who do a lot of different aspects of voice production like you and me. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like, the interface game, we, we've said this for a while, but, like, they're about as good as they need to be and have been for a while, but now we just keep in, on getting evolutions of the feature sets, right? Like what they're able to, uh, all the additional things they're able to do aside from just being a converter and preamp, you know? It's really exciting. Yeah, it's an exciting time for sure. So that wraps up our questionable gear purchases. Now it's time for our Evocation Conference Recap. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on. Not unlike this one. And this guy starts talking. Not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking. Not unlike myself. And you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist. Because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Hey, everyone. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest-performing portable sound isolation booths. Our professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recordings to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. Walgreens, because it's flu season, you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? Prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. 
Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. In these modern times, every business needs a website. When you need a website for your voice acting business, there's only one place to go. Like the name says, voiceactorwebsites.com. Their experience in this niche webmaster market gives them the ability to quickly and easily get you from concept to live online in a much shorter time. When you contact voiceactorwebsites.com, their team of experts and designers really get to know you and what your needs are. They work with you to highlight what you do. Then they create an easily navigable website for your potential clients to get the big picture of who you are and how your voice is the one for them. Plus, voiceactorwebsites.com has other great resources like their practice script library and other resources to help your voiceover career flourish. Don't try it yourself. Go with the pros. Voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. So like you said in the beginning, I really had a blast. Uh, I was really missing seeing people in person because I've been to every one of the vocation conferences, both the in-person and each iteration of the virtual one. And I still had more fun in person. But it's nice to see all the familiar faces and some new ones and sort of rekindle those relationships. So what were some of your favorite aspects, Sean? Well, (laughs) I feel like, I don't know, like I missed the memo, but like people were really on fire in the chat this year as far as like, um their comedy but anyways um some of my favorite things i really enjoyed uh the ai panel with uh, jim Kennelly and rupa patel uh from lotus productions and, and vocal id always interesting to learn more about that technology and and how we can get um beyond the right side of progress and all mm-hmm. that let's see what else did i see yeah i enjoyed uh, that one yeah. as well as well as uh tobacks uh tobacks talk on rates that was that's always a, a crowd pleaser uh, that's right. For those who didn't know, uh, our very own GVA COO, our Chief Operations Officer, David Toback, was doing a panel on uh, rates and negotiation. Yeah, so, I probably shouldn't just refer to him as Toback. It, I, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. It's all right. If you know David, you, like, I work with two Davids. We call him Toback. It's, it's yeah. how it works. But anyway. He was actually very, um, very helpful throughout the conference. He was in every every networking night, every chat room, offering insight all along the way. So he offered probably... It's 10 hours of free content across the, the three days of the conference. Yeah, he, he is generous to a fault with his uh, with his expertise. I really enjoyed the demo review panel as well. I don't know if you watched that with yes, Portia, Scott, that was awesome. And JMC. Um, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And that actually spawned the, the hashtag catchphrase of, of, the, uh, of the whole weekend, shit hog. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that came from. I missed it. Because uh, oh, Nadia man. Marshall but- had a spot on her demo that had the, char- the character, I think it was a video game character, or maybe she just called the character a shit hog. And from that point, mm-hmm. it, everyone just grabbed onto it and everything was hashtag shit hog. They actually made t-shirts with Fred the shit hog on it <laughs> that are available for purchase. <laughs> oh my God. I, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, what? What is like, and then everyone was just jumping. I was like, okay, obviously this isn't mean spirited. What's, where did this come from? Yeah, it was from, <laughs> it was from that demo from Nadia Marshall during that review panel. It was great. Now, that was extremely helpful because it kind of solidified, like, I'm working on a couple of demos um, and need to renew my commercial demo because it just sounds, doesn't sound like me. Um, and then uh, my, my I've never had animation or video game demos made, so I really need to check those off. And it was helpful because they had some really good ones 
like a fellow Seattle talent, Sarah Tyndall got like high praises from Portia Scott and, and JMC. And that was really awesome to see. And yeah, then Portia basically um, said, submit to me right now. Pretty much. To That's Sarah. awesome. Yeah. Which is what, <laughs> which is what they all want to hear. Right. Exactly. Poor thing was in tears of joy. It was so, it was, it was a powerful moment. Yeah. A couple other, of my favorites, uh, I always love hearing from Joe and Karen at Voice Actor Websites. They're a sponsor of the show, by the way. But their their insight on search engine optimization is fantastic. I really like Natalie Nautis' panel on social media. Did you watch that and, and her workshop? Uh, no, I, I think I was teaching during that so one. So Natalie's um, a, a prolific audiobook narrator and is a, a genuine influencer now on social media, even though, as she said in her, her talk, she never intended for that to happen. But her content was so good that people started watching it, and now she's has like... 300,000 followers or something. It's, it's, it's insane. Awesome. But she has some great insights. Now, some of the things I was, as an old curmudgeon, I was kind of begrudgingly rolling my eyes and moaning, saying, oh, I don't want to do that. That seems like a lot of work. But she has some <laughs> Dude, great I information. Dude, I the same. <laughs> <laughs> she has some great information on how to optimize your, your social media profiles and take advantage of the audience. One thing I really didn't know is that uh, TikTok, which I just started doing, I have like five videos out, TikTok has a, a bona fide boost to new people on TikTok to to raise them ahead of some of the other content providers to give them sort of a jump start when they're first starting. So keep that in mind if you're about to get on TikTok like me or you're someone's trying to drag you into it like your teenager or your your business <laughs> manager and saying, you need to be on TikTok. Keep in mind, you really need to sort of be on point from the get-go because you'll never get a better chance to make a first impression literally on TikTok. So that was really insightful. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because a lot of people just, like, kind of jump in and experiment and fool around, but, like, you really need to have this planned out ahead of time and ideally have, like, your first maybe weeks or even months of posts planned out already, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's lots of great app planners or... um, but yeah, this should all really be planned out well in advance. And there's lots of great like like post planner or other social media scheduling apps where you can write out all of your stuff and put your links up there ahead of time and just schedule it out a couple of times a week based on whatever your release schedule is. Um, but again, workshop all this stuff first. Brainstorm, plan it out, have a few weeks worth of content planned out so you're not scrambling for to think of new stuff, right? And then you can have a reliable, consistent schedule because that is extremely important for building a presence online. Yeah, definitely. So unfortunately, we both missed some of Sunday. I was hosting a baseball tryout for 11-year-olds, so believe me, I would have rather been sitting at the conference. But the one thing <laughs> I did do was the We Don't Talk About Fiverr No-No panel because I was a featured panelist along with Rebecca Sisa and Peter Bishop, and then Karin and Jamie were both moderating and asking questions. I had a lot of fun during that. Yeah, what was the response? Like, was there a lot of boos or like... <laughs> Boo words. Well, I I didn't watch the chat live because I was kind of trying to be camera ready and my computer screen is not exactly where the camera is, so I was staring at the camera like a psycho the entire time. But um, I did get Jamie to send it to me offline, so I read the chat. It was pretty funny, actually. There was a lot of comedy, like you said. I got a couple of cheers. A couple. Uh, somebody said Paul for president, which is kind of cool. Uh, Interesting. But no real criticism. There was a, a bunch of people sort of like raising their, their hands and saying, yeah, what he said or what she said. And uh, a couple of cheers for Peter. Peter had a cool phrase that people started to hashtag, which was, do you want to buy a donut or pay your mortgage? Because <laughs> he was basically <laughs> saying you can either work for the money. He was definitively against using the sites for himself. Now, he was very 
very cordial and said, I don't begrudge anyone's business practices for what they do. It's just not for me. But he said, I basically look at it as the money you make can either be used to buy, well, he said at first, pin money. And apparently that's an English phrase that is kind of antiquated because Jamie didn't even know what it was either. But it means buying <laughs> pins for whatever hobby you have, like uh, to collect as a collect- collector's item. So he said, if you can, either, you can have pin money or you can pay your mortgage. And then he revised it and said, you can buy a donut or you can pay your mortgage. And people caught on to that right away and loved it. But yeah, the response was pretty good from what I could tell. There, there, were, there was a couple of questions that came in that, that were asking for some clarification on things, and we answered them as honestly as we could. And then unfortunately, I had to leave after two of the questions because I had Paul McCartney tickets my wife bought that happened to be the same night. It's funny, I initially, oh initially begged Jamie and Karin to not put me on Saturday when they asked me to be a speaker because I coached another baseball team and I was out all day Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday I had a conflict, too. I'm just too darn busy. But they were kind enough to let me bolt after the first two questions. And then I hustled on down to the stadium to see Paul McCartney. And uh, there was only a few more after that. I think I missed about eight minutes. But, yeah, all in all, it was, it was well-received, it seems like. Uh, I don't know if there'll be any backlash. I said that on the, on the, the panel <laughs> that we'll see if I still have a career on Monday. And so far I've gotten a couple of auditions from Asians today, so I think I'm okay, at least for now. Well, like they said, you're not just on like the base level of Fiverr. For people who don't know, you're kind of at like you're at the Fiverr Pro level, where you have a little bit more control over your pricing and and the level of service you're willing to provide for that pricing. Yeah, and it, that being the case, I use it just like another tool in my toolbox. Uh, that's there along with Freelancer, where as I mentioned on the on the panel, I've done several thousand dollar clients on there you know, upper four figures and Upwork as well. I've done several nine, ten-hour e-learning projects that pay GBA rates. So they are out there. It's just, it just takes, takes a lot of work to find those. And I use Fiverr the same way as another tool in my tool belt to, to get jobs, just like the auditions that come from my agents, the bookings I get from production, uh, production companies and casting sites. It's just another tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I almost think of it like a lot of people are like, oh, it's bringing down the industry. And I'm like, lowball clients have existed since the beginning. And this is just kind of like a subset of the industry where they can have their own little playground, you know? <laughs> like, So like, it can be a part of your tool belt or not. It's up to you. Yeah, and Jamie made the argument that there's, there's, there is a, a devil's advocate that says you were never going to work with those clients anyway. So just don't worry about what they're doing over there, like you said, in their, in their little playground, and it won't affect you. So that wraps up our wrap-up of Evocation 2022. But there were a couple of exciting announcements during the conference that we should note. First of all, uh, Vocation, without the E, is back this September in New York City. It's going to be September 10th and 11th. It's back at Symphony Space in New York City's Upper West Side. It's in the Leonard Nimoy Talia uh, Hall. And it's going to be back in person. So the speakers and the uh, panels are still being lined up, but I'm pretty excited to be back at that one. And then they also have gone completely insane, in in my opinion. (laughs) But it's going to be fun. And they've announced there's going to be, in February, a Vocation Cancun, which is basically a combination of a getaway to an all-inclusive resort in Cancun, plus all the benefits of going to a, a... voiceover conference with scheduled panels and speakers and activities and and then 
the idea is to have everything wrapped up by the afternoon so you can go out and either explore Cancun or enjoy the beaches right in front of the resort or the pool that surrounds the entire thing. And, and kids are free. So if you have any kids what? that are either budding VO stars or you just need to bring the whole family with you, kids are free for the paid price of, of the adults. So it's pretty exciting stuff going on with Jamie and Karen's little conference. Well, what, what once was a little conference that is now kind of blowing up. Yeah, no kidding. Like, I mean, they're both extremely ambitious, and it's like empowered it. Like, this is what happened when your coordinators have family too, because like, it helps. Um, I'm sure it's that incredible. was incredible. I do remember actually, yeah. Karen pitched this almost as a joke in the last evocation conference last year. She said, "What if we all went to Cancun?" Everyone said, "Ha ha ha!" And she said, "No, I'm serious." <laughs> and then, <laughs> like she does with lots of things, she just manifested it and made it happen. And here we are. It's scheduled. You can buy tickets. I think July. 4th or July, July 6th July 6th there we go well congratulations to Jamie and Karen that sounds amazing and man like I need to look into this because I want to go to Mexico this is great maybe if we submit like an audio application we could, we could convince them that you're one of my sons <laughs> <laughs> we'll call them up and book the, the, the hotel and say hi this is Paul and you can say hi I'm I'm oh I don't want to say my kids hi I'm his little boy <laughs> <laughs> that might actually work. Uh, actually, your, your your voice is probably at the same timber as my son's, my fourteen year old son's right now. His voice has started to change a bit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter, measuring your voice over progress. We don't have any new announcements right now, but stay tuned for future episodes. And maybe we'll see you in New York City or Cancun for the next vocation conferences. Awesome. Hope so. And you'll hear us in the next one. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter.